The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Talo for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz/donate. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by Spark Lab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about Spark Lab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. Dotteral are a great New Zealand company that we first spoke to in 2019 as they were just coming together with a cool concept for making recording from drones less noisy. Over the last three years, they have become the global leaders in capturing sound in noisy environments and have just announced a new raise of $3 million to take a recording breakthrough they've made out of the drone industry and into all kinds of applications in production and life. To talk the journey, the biggest change in sound in decades, and taking New Zealand IP to the world, CEO and co-founder Sean Edlin joins us now. Tinakwe, thank you for being here. Oh, so happy to be back. Thanks for having me, Simon. Yeah, it's so cool to have you back. Um, yeah, take us back to when we did first talk, and you were a, a finalist in Callahan's C Prize. And was the company coming together, and, and how, how did it go? Yeah, so, I mean, I'd personally been working in the tech startup world for, for quite a while with Lands Attack and then Snowball Effect, and those are two very different types of companies. You've got clean tech there and um, and fintech, uh, but that goes for the, the other founders too. Um, we had quite a mix of, of tech backgrounds. However, we're, we're all friends, and what we had in common, we, we were all drone and audio nerds, um, so really passionate about that space. Uh, so when Callahan announced the, the C Prize, which was solving problems for drones within the screen industry or enta- entertainment industry, and one of those problems to solve being noise, uh, it was just the perfect fit for us to solve that, that problem. So um, we, entered, we entered that competition. We didn't win. We came runner-up. Um, but what it did do, coming runner-up, runner is take us to um, Las Vegas, to NAB, the National Association of Broadcaster show the biggest, um, one of the biggest live production uh, trade shows in the world, and we won some awards there. Had fantastic validation of, of, of um, our product, um, and it really started like it turned Dotteral into a business. At that point, we knew there was a market, and we were solving a real, very real problem with the solution we had. And what was the problem you were trying to solve? So less noise for drones. Um, how do you do that when a drone is? Uh, you, you know, it's a it's it's a noise making machine. Yeah, we were trying to solve uh, two problems wrapped in one. It was all kind of wrapped in uh, drone audio and audio in a very loud, uncontrolled environment. You're right. Uh, drones are incredibly loud, and um, you know that makes it challenging to do a number of things on the drone, like record audio. It also makes them a nuisance. A nuisance. So, um, we had a, a technology, a low noise propulsion system for making drones quieter um, and achieving some you know, really significant noise reduction with that solution. But also, we've we developed a very unique microphone array technology, both hardware and software, for being able to record audio on such a loud operator. A, a 
cloud platform as a drone. And so you went to NAB having come up with um, kind of some insights as to how you might fix it. Worked out that there really was a, a big business to go there. Yeah, how do you go about actually building a company uh, and becoming kind of the leaders in this in the UAV space? Yeah, so I guess yeah, it's, it's been quite a quite a journey. Um, we we really started out by developing, really focusing on the IP, really focusing on the core technology, working closely with a number of people within or groups within the New Zealand ecosystem. So, University of Auckland, some amazing cal- capability and talent there, as well as Callahan. What really kind of happened for us at the start is, you know, we had a number of applications across a number of industries, but we really honed in on the entertainment space and also end users within government and public safety. And we, we were working with a number of, of the end users there. And the, the model really seemed to be, hey, we've, um, we've got this drone. We want to do this kind of really unique thing with it, like get very close to livestock on the, or, or horses in a, in a big battle scene for a film. Um, or uh, we want to be able to talk to people in high rises and um, would end up kind of you know, solving a problem for that specific drone. And hey, we're really good at, good at that. Um, however, it was quite hard for us to, to scale a, a business that way when we're kind of you know, doing these projects all the while developing developing our RIP, um, but kind of tailoring the solutions to one specific prop, uh, project or one specific drone. So it took a little bit of time for us to get into a product mindset where we kind of say, hey, we're developing this kind of really valuable IP, but how do we turn this into a, a high scale, a very scalable product? Um, and that's you know, it, it, it took us you know, a good, good you know, year or two to be able to get into that mindset and, and be able to do that. Yeah, because I imagine that like, Drones move really fast as a category, like there's always new models and new um, standards. And yeah, so what were you designing for like a type or were you having to kind of fix any any drone that came in with um, with the problem? Yeah, we honestly, we were, we were working at such vastly different scales of drones, right? You know, Drones that can carry 20 kg cameras and had 30 inch diameter propellers, like massive uh, drones the size of a Mini Cooper, right down to what you call like nano drones, these little things, little selfie drones that are made to to um, uh, fly in front of people's faces. And in doing so, you know, we we did manage to make this this IP that was was very scalable and had application on lots of different drones. But um, yeah, you know, it's, that's also very challenging, kind of being able to tailor solutions to such different types of platforms, trying to do such different types of things. So yeah, it was, hey, you know, we were, we did amazing things and many world firsts, um, but it was, it was always quite hard because we were getting pulled in all these different directions as well. And in solving some of these problems, you know, there's the two problems of the recording audio on a drone. One, the drone's noisy. And two, you've got to be able to pull the noise from what you're wanting to record. Uh, and so you had to come up with your own kind of recording solution. When did it become apparent that the solve that you'd made for that was actually revolutionary? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, we'd always been developing these passive mechanical solutions, these low-noise propeller technologies in parallel with this unique microphone array technology. And it was really public safety and some of these government applications where, you know, th- particularly in public safety, there's this real requirement for de-escalation through dialogue. Can, the quicker that you can get close to someone, start a conversation, the faster the, the situation will de-escalate and you know, the less chance of uh, you know, there being problems. Um, and so with there being a real requirement there, 
Essentially, the way that a number of public safety groups wanted to, to use our solution, a microphone on a drone, a drone that has two-way communication, is to be able to kind of use the robot or the drone as the first responder. Get in first, start the conversation and de-escalate the situation. And in doing so, we, we got pulled us into some really exciting use cases. So this is things like um, you know, flying to the top of high rises in, a, in, a, in, in hostage situations, being able to talk to a hostage, kind of get critical information, where in the building is a um, the survivors, where could a shooter be? Um, but at the same time, you know, be able to to kind of calm people down and, and, and de-escalate that situation because you've got this remote communication tool up and up in the sky. Um, at the same time, you know, we were working with New Zealand police and others where we're out in the wilderness on, uh, on search and rescue exercises. And you know, these drones have amazing visual sensors so they can see people, but a lot of people are outside of those, those visual sensors. So we were listening for people crying out for help once they're found, getting in close. Are you injured? Are there other, other survivors with you? It's really kind of exciting, um, you know, ultimately life-saving type stuff that we were doing there. Yeah. As someone who spent um, quite a few years in uh, production around TV and, um, and, and media, uh, the first thing that jumps to mind is, you know, anytime you go to record, uh, suddenly someone will start a lawnmower or a jackhammer or a uh, helicopter will be overhead yeah. and then the sound's effectively useless. So how do you, if you're out in the bush and you're um, trying to find someone yelling for help, how do you get it? So A, you can... Um, get audio from all kinds of directions, but also not just be overwhelmed yeah. by the helicopter, which so, is, you know, drones a little helicopter. So I guess to begin with, it's not a typical microphone that we're putting on on, on these drones. Um, it's a very unique array, in fact, 80 microphones um, built into one small form factor, as it needs to be. It's on, it's on a, um, a drone which can't carry a lot of weight, um, and what it does is it generates these cones of sound. So these areas where you can, ca- directional areas where you can capture sound sources and eliminate everything outside of that cone. Um, in doing that, you, you really need to because you're dealing with this very high propeller noise that's coming in from all directions. So you just need to isolate this very specific um, uh, area. Um, and that's what the power of these arrays can do and the power of these cones. And it's a very new concept in, within sound. Yeah, talk talk us through what an array is versus like um, you know a microphone that everyone would have seen the kind of thing that a soundie holds on a on a pole you know or yeah. that's that's shooting out the front of um, when a reporter is doing vox pops and they're holding that microphone towards a, a punter on the street. How does that work versus an array? A, a typical um, a typical microphone, a directional microphone, let's say, it has a single microphone element at the end of a long tube. Um, and the, the length and the mechanical properties of that tube defined the pe- define the pickup pattern. So if it's a very long tube, you're going to have a very focused capture area. If it's a short tube, you'll have a, you'll have a, a broader capture area. Um, but it's also to do with the mechanical properties. Array is different because as with, with many, an array is comprised of many different microphones. Ours is in a very unique shape um, that looks a lot like one of these very directional shotgun microphones. Um, and as sound passes across this array of many elements, you can tell the direction of sound 
as it passes um, across the array. So you, you effectively know where that sound is coming from. And if you know where specific sounds are coming from, you can isolate certain areas that you want to capture. And that's the, the kind of the, one of the fundamental principles there, um, being able to isolate and, and use essentially the speed of sound as it passes over these arrays to, to just capture very specific areas. What makes it unique for us is we can change that capture area, though. So we change the, the size of the, the cone of sound to, be, to, to cover the area that we wanted to capture. And so is, is that kind of a, a sound recorder sets the cone that they're after, or is it that there's, yeah, how does that work? Yeah, they're setting it in real time. Um, so so in, in the instance of when we're putting on something really noisy, like a drone, you control that in software. You're, you're, changing, um, you're changing things uh, on an app interface to capture the area that you want to capture. In the case of you, know, we talk, we're talking about uh, sound recorders and production. There, it's real time. You've got a box and a dial, and you just change it to be change the dial to set that cone to be whatever pattern of microphone you like it to be. And that's really never been done before. Having this complete control of t- changing your microphone and to the type of microphone you want it to be to match the environment. Yeah, that's kind of wild. And that kind of because um, that microphone you were saying was called the shotgun mic. The- Correct. Directional yeah, thing. that's yeah. They're the really long ones you see on the side of rugby games. Yeah, and it's kind of the opposite of a shotgun, isn't it? And that instead of um, you shooting from the barrel, and because people will be yeah. aware that if you saw off your um, shotgun, you get a wider <laughs> pellet uh, yeah. field. But it's kind of the opposite, isn't it? The longer your um, your your barrel, uh, the narrower the sound that comes in. I think it is. It is kind of opposite, you know. Um, with the, I mean, what to be? We're, we're much smaller than a standard shotgun microphone, but instead of sound coming into that barrel and focusing it, the sound is passing over the top of our microphone, passing the t- over the top of this these eighty microphones um, to be able to form these cones. Um, it just it, it works completely differently. And then your software, what like works out what's going on, and then chooses which bits to focus on. Yeah, it does. It does. A, the software is doing a couple of things. So one is it's working out which area you want to retain the sound, but it's also capturing all of the sound that's that's not in that cone, that's not in that area. So you're getting this rear channel of sound um, that you can do two things with. One, you can out, we can output that so that it's its own channel, and, and sound recorders love that. They've got a rear microphone there. They've got their either capturing all of the ambient noise for later mixing um, or for in, in an interview perhaps like this, one microphone could capture both yourself and myself because we've got a front and rear channel. But the other thing we can do with that rear audio pat- uh, pattern, that rear audio channel, is we can use it to estimate what sound exists outside of the cone and so we can extract even more of the background noise so that you know, ultimately we're providing this process channel um, that uh, is, is absent of all the noise that doesn't exist in the cone. Um, and you know, the way that that could be used in production is, is if you are operating in a really loud, windy environment, very kind of an urban environment with a lot of traffic, it's something we've had to always do on the drone because we're dealing with with heavy duty propeller noise, but that's useful in many many applications in production as well. We'll be back shortly to hear how Sean turned this tech breakthrough into a product, a funding round, and a new paradigm for sound. Spark is proud to partner with the Sustainable Business Network and the Climate Action Toolbox. The free Climate Action Toolbox can provide you with simple step-by-step guides to measure and reduce your emissions. Help lead the way. 
to a low-carbon future for New Zealand. Visit sparklab.co.nz forward slash sustainability to find out more. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has the lowdown on everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. Join some of the superstars of the investment and business world as they share advice from their time in the US so you can make your mahi count in this massive market. The Investment Fix Podcast, brought to you by Invest New Zealand. Tune in today. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. So this must have been really exciting, hey? Like, realising you'd solved something way bigger than this problem you were already working on. Kind of the, as big as the sound industry. When did you realise it was um, worth pulling out into its own product and and making a go of? Well, I, we learned two things, really, um, in working with, with um, a range of customers. The first was that drones aren't the only thing that are noisy. Uh, there's many different platforms and environments where it's challenging to capture sound, be that ground robots, vehicles, urban environments, um, capturing sound in really windy locations. It's all noise and it all creates issues. Um, and, you know, in, in many ways, we solve the hardest problem first by solving, trying to solve audio on, on a drone. The second thing we learned was that existing microphone technology hasn't really changed in many decades. Um, it's all these fixed pattern microphones and they just don't work in these, on these very noisy platforms and in these very noisy environments. Um, and so with Conos, um, we started putting, which is what we call this, this microphone technology, we started putting it on things that were noisy. So, um, you know, without sounding vain, we knew we'd be really good at putting it on uh, things, things like vehicles, ground robots, those, those noisy platforms where microphones today don't work. Um, but it wasn't until we started to take it off of these noisy platforms and started giving it to some really top sound engineers in production and entertainment and asking, hey, can you take this onto the film set, try and use it on a day where, you know, Normal mics wouldn't cut it because it's windy or you're just in, in, in a really loud space. Um, but just even outside of um, working in those environments, seeing the sa- these you know, Oscar-nominated sound engineers put on their headphones and listen to the mic, seeing the expression on their faces um, of just how crisp and clean uh, the sound uh, this thing sounded um, was that kind of... It was that aha moment. It was like, oh, we've really got something here. Like just they were so impressed and it was really for us this, this okay, entertainment, we've got, um, we know that market. We've already got customers there. Um, these guys love it and it's already doing its thing operationally and doing very new things within in production right now um, with a very early prototype. Uh, let's Let's make a product for these guys. Yeah, it's like I imagine if you're on a film set as well, like um, – you know, lots of there's, there's lots of production steps to do with sound. Hey, so in many movies, you'll end up having to re-record audio after shooting and make it match to the 
um, the action or to fill, fill in the action. And a lot of that comes down to that problem of the audio couldn't get all four people who were talking in a scene because it's unidirectional and, um, you know, it's pointing in, in, in one way. So that must open up kind of cool things as well as being, um, you know, a better, a better microphone. Uh, it's being used in new ways almost every day and, and kind of being used in, in ways that microphones haven't been able to perform. Um, I mean, you know, film sets, theatre stages, sports stadiums, they're all really noisy environments where a huge amount of effort goes into controlling the environment to record clear sound. Um, and again, the sound technology, that's the microphone technology has been used in those environments hasn't really, really changed at all. So with Conos, um, we're replacing four or five specialist mics that exist in the, at the typical sound engineer's um, sound kit. Uh, and we're just in doing so providing more accurate, crisper sound, but giving this, them this ultimate flexibility of choice where um, you know, they can t- change the microphone in real time to match whatever environment is going to be used in that day or time. So, um, yeah, you, really it's many microphones in, in one. Um, it yeah, opens things up for them substantially. Yeah, like it seems to make a lot of sense if you've got 80 microphones that sound washes over all of them mm. rather than one microphone that's limiting all of the, the sound that, that, that you'd be able to do a bit more. And so that that's kind of entertainment. So, so yeah, so what did you do? So you worked out, so you're kind of experts in this UAV or drone space. How do you then go about making a product for the I guess you did a whole bunch of stuff for the production industry when you yeah. were doing that work. Yeah, eh? so we'd done quite a lot of work in production by that point. I'd been involved in in some big productions, had done quite a bit of hiring, so we had some real domain expertise there. Um, and built a fantastic network of audio engineers um, that were, were really hungry to use a new technology. Um, you know, we had the opportunity to deploy it on, deploy this new Conos prototype on, on a number of films, TV shows, live theatre productions. Um, and so very quickly we made this prototype and it was all about validate, validate, validate. I mean, we were um, there with the customers every day on, on, on the sets um, and just taking their requirements turning that into a pre-production unit. And then with that pre-production unit, just again, validate, validate, validate. Have we provided something that really works for you, that provides you a lot of value? Um, and all of those customer requirements, again, are now going into a production version of, of Conos. Awesome. And what do you say to your kind of investors and the people around the business? You're like, hey, you know, we're experts here, but we've got an idea to make like a product that's going to replace a bunch of mics in the production industry and change the way that kind of like sound works. How does how does that go? Yeah, it, it made a lot of sense um, from the in the eyes of in the eyes of our, of our um, investors. Um, you know, really, this has been a, a broadening of our focus. Um, we've kind of done one thing really well, and uh, you know, it's one of the hardest things we could do to now kind of tackle a much bigger market, starting with entertainment where, you know, it, it, there's an existing budget that people are already buying mics. We're not trying to create a new category there. Um, but also uh, making clear that there's this much bigger opportunity because what we ultimately have is this platform technology that's not just valuable entertainment, but valuable in things like monitoring public spaces and security, a wide number of applications. So right now we're making a product that is very focused for the entertainment industry, um, but the bigger, bigger opportunity is, is, is this public spaces monitoring um, application that uh, we're making, pro- making product for right now. Uh, tell, tell me what the opportunity is there. Yeah, so 
there's so much innovation that goes into visual sensors, um, but nearly no innovation in audio listening and communicating, particularly within security and and um, the build of things like smart cities, where um, you know, you've got, you've got a lot of cameras. A lot of that's for kind of maintaining um, uh, safety and security, but in reality a lot of the bad things happen off the cameras. Um, and so things are just missed. You're only getting half of the sensory feed when you've got, got visual only. With Conos in a public space setting, you're really, what, what you're doing is you're adding this audio feed, this audio sense. Um, not only does that allow you to kind of understand where things are problematic, you're going to hear calls for help. If someone's waving their hands on on a visual feed, um, you're going to know whether they're in distress or you know, it's, they're, they're being aggressive. But it also opens up uh, communication. It changes surveillance into, into communication. So allowing the ability to talk, de-escalate, um, this is critical for um, public space monitoring but just does not exist yet. So we do see that being a massive opportunity for this for this product. Yeah, that, that's wild, eh? Like where you say there that um, uh, you're adding another sense. I mean, there are a lot of cameras around and I imagine I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't really think of examples where they're using sound like how is that yeah there's there's about a, well, there's over a billion security cameras around the world um about 10% of them have any audio capability whatsoever and even within that 10% many the, the sound often isn't used on them not because um it's not valuable just the current microphone technology doesn't work. You can hear a couple of meters. If it's in an urban, loud environment, you're not going to really hear anything, pick up voices. So um, it's just the constraints and limitations of, of the current microphone technology that, that means people aren't really using it. Yeah, that, that sounds quite massive. <laughs> like there's a billion cameras uh, and 10% have, have, have shitty microphones now. <laughs> like, yeah, what, what, are, what are your next steps to take this... Um, this new kind of tech technology, um, yeah, and, and and take it to the world from New Zealand. So we've we've very recently raised uh, capital. Um, we've raised three million. Uh, it was led by the Ice House um, with investment from K1W1, NZVC, Peter Beck, and, and some other really fantastic investors. Um, and that raise was very focused on production for Conos and taking it to market. So right now, you've been very focused on building a team the cap- and the capability to, to do that go-to-market piece. Um, r- right now, we're really deep in production, uh, learning, uh, learning a lot as a result, um, but cr- and as well as creating a number of compelling use cases, as many as we can for Conos. Um, ultimately, though, the big thing is preparing to launch product later this year. At the same time, we're demonstrating our capability for security in monitored spaces um, and building that next gen of product um, for, for that market. Ah, and you mentioned Peter Beck there, and you've also got um, Sean Simpson, Dr. Sean Simpson from Lancetech, and you, you trace a couple of you from the founding team um, trace back to Lancetech. Hey, t- tell me about those kind of um, those people who. They use their their capital, but also their social capital to yeah, kind of support support these next generation businesses. Yeah, hey, they're they're amazing people. Um, they're, Sean Simpson's just this bundle of energy, and um, 
him and Peter Becker ultimately, um, you know, creating ecosystems here, here in New Zealand. Um, before I was um, at Lancetech, I was either cutting up brains in, uh, in dark labs um, or I was uh, working in a stuffy uh, office on patents. Um, it was very focused, narrow work. And Lancetech, um, which was kind of really my first foray into startups, um, uh, by contrast, was the complete opposite. You know, it was a real anything is possible type of environment. And then Sean Simpson's like a, a huge part of why that culture existed. Um, it was so much of what they were working on was just pure sci-fi. And it's really invigorating to be in that kind of environment um, and uh, around those type of people where there's a real passion for tech and entrepreneurship. And I know it all sounds a bit cheesy, but, um, you know, he – he ultimately, being around someone like that, he, he kind of spawned a number of um, you know, exciting deep tech companies from that. And, you know, we could, you know, Avatana, Mint, uh, Dotterall, they all kind of came out of um, uh, the products of that environment. And, and Peter Beck's very much the same. You know, he um, right now very actively investing in crazy sci-fi deep tech um, and, uh, and just encouraging and growing this deep tech ecosystem in, in New Zealand. So those types of companies are just so important, those type of individuals as well. And what they've done is like now people are like, oh, well, you know, New Zealand's got agriculture and tourism and a space industry. And like if you went back 10 years and said, you know, New Zealand's going to be known as a place with, you know, you know a number of really credible world-class space tech companies, you'd be like, get out of town, you know. You've got no reason to be able to do that. And so these people, and Lanza Tech, like, you know, like now listing um, – on uh, the US uh, exchange has brought yeah. a bunch of attention to them. But they, yeah, they've, they've been changing the way that people think about um, all kinds of things, like you say, all kinds of sci-fi deep tech. Yeah. So that's kind of cool to have, I guess, to have those kind of people in your corner. Absolutely. You know, Sean's still very close to, to Dotterall. He's still on the board. Pete, Peter Beck's now an investor, so we talk, we talk to him regularly. Um, and, uh, yeah, just inspiring individuals. Oh, awesome. And what would your advice be now for... Having gone through this process of you and a bunch of friends were kind of keen on drones and sound and saw this thing and went, hey, maybe we should enter. And then it turned into a company. And then that <laughs> company's now turned into something that's, um, you, you know, uncovered this really interesting platform tech. Like, what would your advice be for people who are thinking maybe we should just start something? <laughs> Just get out and, and talk to people about it as early as possible. Um, too often, uh, particularly in deep tech, these uh, ideas and companies are kept in stealth and it's due to, usually it's due to fear of competition. Uh, obviously, make sure you don't disclose critical IP when you're having these conversations, but you know, make sure from really early on you're out talking to your customers or talking to the market experts there and, and just making sure that what you're making is, is something that they want. You know, go into the ice house, talk to them about your business model, like start bouncing ideas off um, other, other kind of experts either in your industry or just people that have grown similar types of businesses before. And in doing so, you know, thing, one, you're going to learn a ton and you're going to get like exposure and create momentum. But you're also probably going to create a little um, legion of champions because if what you're doing is cool, um, people will start to tack onto it. And hey, you, you, you may talk to one of the the legends in in the market you're focus, um, focusing on, and all of a sudden they're a director of your company because they really buy into it, or they're an investor. And so yeah, it's just it, just don't be scared to get out and talk really early about about what you're doing. Yeah, that's awesome. And as a final thought. 
what will success be for you personally? And what will success be for Dotteral uh, and now it's Conos product? Immediately, we're focused on Conos becoming the new industry standard for sound capture. Um, we've created a new way f- to do sound and we want production teams to soon be demanding Conos because th- that new way is the best way. Um, bigger than that, though, we want Conos to become the first name in unlimited audio capture and communication, uh, ultimately make monitored spaces smarter, safer by adding sound capture and communication. <laughs> it's a big list of things to do there. It sounds awesome. Well, <laughs> hey, I can't wait to see, uh, yeah, see what you make of this next. And uh, thank you so much for coming back and joining us again. That's CEO Sean Edlin of Dotterall. Uh, thank you all for listening and to everyone who helps make this happen. Do follow Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to rate and leave a review if you like what we do. Enohora. From the Spinoff Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring, brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Kia ora e te iwi, te Ahe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.